Hello and welcome to episode 6 of season 2 of Existential. And today we talk about closed-mindedness being out of our control. But before I dive in, I want to thank you so, so, so much for sticking around and, uh, and listening. Please enjoy the episode. All right, so today we talk about an interesting idea about open-mindedness and closed-mindedness. So in, in the past, we've done episodes like this where we've just merely spoken about it, what, what it does, how it can affect you, etc. So feel free to listen to those other episodes. Um, but today we're going to talk about closed-mindedness being out of our own control. We're going to talk about how closed-mindedness close, – nobody likes to be closed-minded, right? Except for the safety it gives them, right? Close my no, nothing comes out with you know w- without a positive or a negative. And sometimes, you know, the positive of closed mindedness is that you know y- you're locked inside. You know, sometimes being locked in a jail cell is good when what's outside of the jail cell is harmful, right? But most of us like to be out of the jail cell. It's only when what's outside of the jail cell is harmful do we want to sneak back in the cell, right? So. That's a that's a that's a massive point that you know a lot of us forget. So it's it's a lot of life is, in my opinion, just in terms of of the modes of closed mindedness and open mindedness. Just also like confidence is just being able to sit in one area of life and just be and just be there. Because if you're if you decide to to root your feet, you decide to root yourself in a jail cell, you'll never be able to leave outside the jail cell. But that doesn't but. You know, when you lock yourself inside closed-mindedness, hey, you don't have to be exposed to all the, you know, the garbage and confusion that comes with, you know, that that comes with, uh, that comes with trying to venture out into into a new kind of hemisphere of, of thinking. So that's being locked in the jail cell. So the negative is that you don't get to be exposed to new things, but the positive is that, hey, you're, you know, you're locked and you're, you're kind of free from from the negatives. Then you go on the outside of the jail cell. You are open-minded. What's the negative? Is that when negative thoughts come your way, when open-mindedness gives you uh, negative thoughts or uh, uh, tosses a a ball of confusion or sometimes a ball that we can't handle, that we don't know how to catch, we tend to want to go back and run into the jail cell, but we can't, right? We're we're rooted outside in open-mindedness. What's the positive? Sometimes it gives you a more peaceful ball to adopt, right? Sometimes it gives you a ball that you can catch, and that's what's good. You know, sometimes you're able to look at a concept and, you know, be it online or in, you know, religiously or philosophically or whatever it is. And there is a, a strong level of, of resonance, a strong level of resonance there. You really feel, hey, this is, this is something I'd like to adopt. And it doesn't take so much work in order to adopt, right? So now this seems just all, all this, when, I, when I'm talking about this, almost freedom going back and forth is privileged dialogue. Right, privilege dialogue. In other words, that we're not that a lot of times, it's pri- it's a privilege in and of itself if you're able to kind of switch back and forth, or if you're able to kind of uh, kind of calmly go from being closed minded to hey, I want to try open mindedness. Right, that brings a, a level of youthful innocence that a lot of us don't have. Right, when you're young, you aren't exposed to you know the the harms of the world, or you aren't exposed to a lot of a lot of big things. Not I'm talking about you know kid. I'm talking about um, especially teenagers, especially young adults, you know, venturing out into the world. There's this level of, of open-mindedness and closed-mindedness. The, the bridge is clear, right? We're able to walk into every terrain without being kind of locked. As people become older, we hope that the ethics and morals that 
people have cemented in themselves over the years are strong and good enough because no matter what you do over time, it because you, you become cemented, right? That's why older people are less, uh, not even less gullible, but less, uh, you have less of an ability to influence them because no matter what you throw in it, whatever you're every day, you're solidifying more and more who you are. So it's about changing yourself faster than you concrete, right? To the point where you're happy with yourself, right? So that's, that's really the idea. So once again, closed-mindedness out of your control. So we're not talking about privileged dialogue. We're talking about a problem that affects most of us, most of us, right? Those of us without a level of privileged dialogue, without this, this kind of privileged approach where we can just walk back and forth, right? So closed-mindedness being out of our control. So this is kind of how the cycle looks like, in my opinion. There's a need for change, right? So there's so people live how they live. In the current state, there's a need for change. People notice that whatever whatever works, their wiring doesn't resonate with the world around them, which brings about a need for change, right? The fact that people can recognize a need for change, that's the first step, right? They always say, you know, people always say, oh, you know, change is the first step or recognition is the first step. And it's, it's, tossed, it's tossed about really too often. You know, there's not really much thought around, around this phrase, but the truth is recognition is the first step. And that's a privilege. A lot of people cannot recognize their need for change. That's denial, right? That's when they're in, the, in such a state of denial that they can't even recognize the need for change. They blame the problems and the, uh, the incapabilities of their own wiring on the reality around them when, in fact, it's their own wiring that does not interact well with the reality around them. Interesting ideas. So anyway, need for change, right? So number one, people recognize the need for change. Reality doesn't work well. That's number one. Number two, people recognize the need for change. Then you people go into, uh, by the way, this is just my analysis, uh, as just a normal person, not as not at all as a professional. So it goes ineffective talks, not in any order here, right? So it goes ineffective talks. People, you know, they consult family members if that's if that's either at their disposal or at their own emotional disposal, right? Sometimes people will have family and people will say, hey, talk to some family members. You know, it's 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 a common thing where people, especially, you know, psychologists or or articles online will all will all recommend, hey, you know, if you have uh, peers or friends or think or people next to you. Go have a little chit chat with them as if, you know, it's some, you know, peaceful little discussion. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, this is on my, and I mean, that's just that, you know, the nice kind of uh, Cinderella approach doesn't really, you know, doesn't really, doesn't really sit with a lot of people, especially men. You know, I'm going to say it out loud, especially men. And that's, that's what happens, right? So ineffective talks goes with religious leaders or sometimes people who are not emotionally available, right? Not them, you. Sometimes you don't want to talk to them. Sometimes the energy that you have with family is the problem, right? So even though the family could console you in in conversation, it could be that it's just it's not a problem, right? It just it's a problem where people cannot connect. So that's that's sometimes not available. So there's ineffective talks, which are so that's that's not a useful. Then you go to like a religious leader, let's say, or somebody who somebody who you trust ineffective talks right it happens you talk you spill out it you spill out your guts which you don't really spill out your guts a lot of times and uh, I, I have friends who who had this and they just talk and talk and talk and they want to change but they just can't right that's the problem is they just cannot 
they spill out, but you don't spill out everything the full way, right? They, they talk about all their problems. They spill it all out, right? But they don't spill all of it out. They only spill half their problems out. They only, they only spill out half their wiring, right? They only dive into half their wiring. Um, ineffective talks. That's the issue. People don't. People are too scared to wreck the whole building. You know, the reason people are, are closed-minded in many ways or are not able to adopt new 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 approaches in life, especially when people become older, is because that the foundation of the you know it takes how let's say somebody's thirty-six. Each person has a thirty-six has a building so big it took thirty-six years to build a building with a foundation, sometimes without a foundation, that has many 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 different levels. And as you become older, it takes more and more time to build that building. So you're 48. It takes it, that building is now 48 years old. Now, that's why it becomes harder and harder because ineffective talks work as follows. Sometimes people go to therapy or they go to uh, you know a religious leader or of some sort, some uh, figure of guidance, and they talk about the problems. And they you know they might cry, they may whatever happens, right? But they only demolish half of the building. They need to restart. They need to build a new building. But they're only painting half of it. They're only spilling off half of it. They're only demolishing half their own wiring. And that's not enough to solve it, right? So they might reach some sort of conclusion, but for some reason it doesn't stick. It doesn't stick because it's, it's the same foundation, just like a plant. You know, a plant is a plant is, is a super interesting thing, right? If you cut the stem, a leaf is going to grow back. The only way for the leaf not to go back is if you cut the roots. If you cut it from the roots off, if you chop up the roots, the roots and the foundation must be chopped up or else the plant is going to keep growing the same way. Right. You can only plant a new seed when the when, you know, you have a space in the dirt, when you have new space and you have this this uh, opportunity of newness, of openness, of open mindedness. That's the way it works. So you have ineffective talks. Then you have the unchanging self. Right. So that's what we just spoke about, how people are people just can't change. There is a there are people have just an overall inherent discontent with the fact that they cannot change. And this goes this, you know, this is pretty much the fact that people cannot people the hardest thing for changing is being is demolishing the whole building. You know, people people should, you know, there there is some brownie points to be to be handed out for needing change right for recognizing the need for change in some cases that's an accomplishment and he deserves a trophy and in some cases it doesn't some cases you know change is just an eminent part of it and it's not that easy to recognize but sometimes the fact that people recognize change is a very heroic and very brave thing and again i don't like talking about the words uh, about the words too much but when people say brave especially in today's uh, american society it is it is quite, I mean, it's, it's kind of quite sad because it's tossed around. The word brave is tossed around very sarcastically, uh, very disrespectfully, and very disparagingly, uh, in, especially in when people are coming out as, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gay or I'm straight or, or I'm sorry, or whatever it is, right? It, people are kind of, oh, you're so brave or you're so strong, right? Social leaders, all people, there's a lot of uh, disrespect for it. And being brave and heroic is is actually a very very <laughs> brave and heroic thing, when you really think about it. Right at its core, it's not something that should be tossed around. The reason, especially in political debate, which seems to be every debate these days, where people are simply just talking aloud and just people are 
you know, uh, people are just making fun of everybody who's an SJW, everybody, you know, who is a, everyone who, you know, preaches their own truth. That's how they talk about preaches their own truth. There's a, there's an inherent, uh, almost disgust with the, with, with people expressing themselves in a way that's honest and true to themselves. Right. And, we kind of learned that we, we kind of take that to mean that being brave and heroic is in fact a very is in fact a very tough uh, not tough challenge but it is a very kind of you know weird thing. It's not. It's actually brave and heroic as the words actually mean, right? So recognizing the need for change is important. Sorry, we're kind of deviating off the the topics a little bit here, but I, I do think it's important anyway. The unchanging self, right? So there is there is a the unchanging self. <coughs> My God, excuse me. Um, number three is the willingness to change. So once again, the way to actually get yourself out of the rabbit hole of closed-mindedness is is to actually demolish the entire building, including the foundation including the foundation that's why change is so hard people a lot of times aren't that people aren't you know ashamed to recognize the need change sometimes out loud sometimes externally they won't admit it but internally it's it's quite an easy thing to understand that you know people need change here is the here here's the the idea though is the willingness to change is tied into the closed-mindedness i don't want to change Right, because I've worked so hard. I've been 18 years. I, I've worked 19 years. I've worked 20 years. I've worked 40 years to build such a vast building of myself. I've worked and I've made a family. I've had a job. I've had this. I've I've built myself. I've established myself, and I have left a strong imprint on this planet, with my within myself and externally. You know, people know me. I, I'm an established figure. My building in this world is established. I am here and I'm putting my foot down. That's the issue, right? People are so, people believe in their own foundation so much that they don't even realize that's what's hurting them. So it's going down the rabbit hole. The first way to get out of the rabbit hole, recognize you go down the rabbit hole. That's where the need for change comes in. Number two is once you recognize how far you've gone, then you can kind of build up, right? So, and I, I'm I'm not saying this. I'm not saying it. I'm not using that tone just to convey how you know it's all easy and you know it's a kind of Mickey Mouse play. Absolutely not. Um, it's one of the hardest things people can do, and um, it's that in and of itself is a heroic and brave um, venture to even try. To even try, right? To even try to even attempt is in and of itself a heroic. And, and brave and brave thing because you know in media especially you know in like movies it's it's depicted that a hero is the guy who saves the day a hero is the guy who accomplishes it he it, he's only a hero post delivery he's only a hero after the after the deed has been completed the truth is you know a, a to become you know so you know to be really brave and heroic just means to to give it your best attempt when it comes to when it comes to changing of the self so at its at its core uh you have at its core there's a genuine effort to change and people try hard but no matter how try you no matter how hard you try right people can't seem to change and it's very simple right let's say 
you know, the, let's say the building is a thousand pounds and you have to lift that building in order to change. You have to remove the foundation, remove the entire building in order to change, right? Now, you can only lift 200 pounds. Now you demolish half the building. Now you can lift 400 pounds. You think you got it, right? That is your effort. I have put my foot down. This is my effort for my own change. But no matter how hard you try, people can't seem to lift a thousand pounds. That's the problem, right? The 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 actual attempt, the actual uh, the actual changing of the self, the actual lifting of the foundation is let's say a thousand pounds. But people cannot lift that, so their attempt is only four hundred. That's why, right? So that closed-mindedness being out of our control means that the amount that I have to lift, the amount that I have to change for open-mindedness to be in within my grasp is much heavier, right? You know, there is that that's the truth, right? There is a compass that our wiring follows, right? There, there is a compass. There's a perverted, messed up, not perverted, sexually perverted, perverted, meaning uh, just a almost a tainted, right? A tainted compass that we ourselves follow. And that compass gives us something, right? So it's not only that it's not, it's not only the difficulty of being able to demolish our own building, but it's the positives that our building gives us as well. Right? There's there's a reason that we have been wired to follow our own wiring, right? There's a compass, right? There's a compass that gives us something that leaving will not, right? There's a safety to our compass. There's a, you know, even though our compass is tainted and it's giving us the problems we have a lot of times, you know, nothing is, there's a reason why we are staying. You know, if it was only bad, a lot of us would change much quicker, much, much quicker. Right there's a there, but there is a, a sense of enjoyment. There's a sense of of attachment that we just can't divorce from. That we just cannot, we just can't can't leave. It's that simple, right? So that comp that compass of comfort, the compass the compass gives us comfort. The comfort the compass gives us gives us elements of life that we don't think we will have upon change, right? That leaving will not, right? So again, just to kind of sum up, closed-mindedness being out of our control, it's a tragic, tragic, and tough event because there is, a, you know, there are a lot of words, especially, you know, those of us who are active on, on social media, etc. You hear, you know, you see a lot of these pictures as they try hard or do your best or everywhere you look, there seems to be these, you know, these messages, keep pushing, good job, good job, you, you know, great. You know, it's just like, it doesn't make sense because, we try hard, but trying hard, when people tell you, hey, try hard, it connotes trying hard enough to actually come through on something. And a lot of us cannot. A lot of us cannot come through, right? Trying hard, when we hear that, we almost get discouraged. When when it leads us to the conclusion that we can't change, it, it becomes very difficult. So closed-mindedness is out of our control. Closed-mindedness is, in a way, defense mechanism. It's a defense. It wards off, you know, it, it wards off the, you know, the, the possibilities of change, right? And every so often, life hands us a ball of change. Life hands us a ball of enjoyment, of sadness, of of whatever it may be. And we, we don't know how to catch it, especially the good ones. We don't know how to catch the ball, the good ball. The life throws at us and that's that's really what's so tragic about 
close-mindedness being out of our control. So with that, we are going to close. So thank you so, so, so much for listening. All your support helps. Be sure to share this podcast with all your friends and family, and be sure to tune in daily for new episodes of Existential.